Yes, we all did. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> what would you say is the creepiest movie you've ever seen? The Exorcist, probably. Really? Like the original Exorcist? Yeah, like the original Exorcist. Hmm. Really? That doesn't scare the crap out of you? Um, no. No, the movie that scared the crap out of me was either The Blair Witch Project when I thought it was real. That, yeah, I had that. Or The Fourth Kind. <gasps> right? Did you see? Yes, I was on the back of the couch. I was so scared. We should do some aliens. Oh my God, no. Aliens totally freak me out. <laughs> New Hampshire is totally an alien place too. Like Don't, I've been reading no, about. we're not okay. doing this. All we're right, well, maybe not today, but. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about the fourth kind. Okay. Oh my God. All right. So should we do like an intro? Uh, like the whole, I'm Becky right. and I'm Alice. Yes. <laughs> but are you thinking you want to do something different? No, I don't want to do anything different. I want to do that. So, oh. except, yeah, I'm Becky. And I'm Allie. And? And New England is, is haunted. haunted. Oh, Allison. You got a good one? I do. I do have a good one. And before I tell it to you, I have to tell you that I'm starting to confuse my good ones because I've been doing so much research. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like I feel like this one is really old and I haven't even thought about it in a while because I I have four or five lined up. But um, but it's good. And it's from Stratford, Connecticut. Never been there. Have you ever been to Connecticut? Yes. OK. Uh, but not for very long. I have a aunt that lives in Manchester, Connecticut. Is she fancy? No. I feel like all people who live in Connecticut are fancy. fancy? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Isn't know. that where fancy people go <laughs> for the summer? <laughs> I don't know, but I, I definitely have like students that have that I've taught from Connecticut and they're pretty fancy. Oh yeah. Your students are fancy, right? A lot of them. Yeah. Well, the person that I'm talking to you about today is kind of fancy. So <laughs> this is from Stratford, Connecticut, the Phelps Mansion Knockings. Ooh. Have you heard of it? No. No. Ooh. Okay. So I got a book. I got a book from the library and it's called Passing Strange and it's for, by Joseph Citro. And I got several stories. So I think I'm going to try and spread them out. But this was the one that caught my imagination the most. And I had to share it with you because it's just got everything. It's got spiritualism and it's got demons and it's got ghosts and it's got like documentation and it's got <laughs> famous people. And yeah, so it's really crazy out there. And I'm really excited to talk to you about that sounds like whether or not. Uh... <laughs> It's not, it's not really a big book. It's a good book though. I would, I mean, don't check it out because I have stories to tell you, but maybe after I'm done with it, you can. I will probably never have time to read that book, but. That's fair. I'm glad you are. <laughs> okay. Um, all of my resources will be in the show notes for anybody who wants to look them up. 
However, here is the story. Reverend Eliakim, Eliakim, Eliakim? Eliakim, I think that sounds the most correct. Eliakim Phelps. From here on out, I'll just refer to him as Reverend Phelps. I like that. Reverend Phelps. Okay, Reverend Phelps. He bought the house uh, in Connecticut in 1826 as a tranquil retirement home. And this home, the Phelps Mansion, was this huge, it is a mansion. It was this huge, beautiful house. And we'll talk a little bit about the history of it a little later. But he bought it to be a retirement home for himself, his second wife, and their four children. Three of those children were from her previous marriage, and then they had a baby together. So four of them. Okay. Um, so he was a prestigious, respected Presbyterian minister, and this mansion matched that prestige. Okay. So big fancy house. Big fancy house. They have lived there for a little while. It's March 10th, 1850. This is documented. It is March 10th, 1850. It's a Sunday. Reverend Phelps and his family are coming home from church, going to church. He's, you know, he's retired, so he's not sermonizing or whatever. They're coming home from church, the morning services, and they find their front door wide open. It was robbed. But the house was totally locked up when they left. In fact, they said in the documentation that they would usually lock interior doors. So this is 1850. This is, I don't know why you would lock interior doors, but they would like lock their bedrooms and stuff. It's because they had like the really cool looking skeleton keys that could get into all the doors and they wanted to be like, I've got the skeleton key (laughs) and just lock and unlock their doors as much as they could. Oh, But I guess if I had a skeleton key, I would totally want to do that, too. Because nowadays, we just have, like, really dumb-looking keys. That's true. They're just key-looking keys. Yeah. So, I pretty much leave every door unlocked. Have you seen that movie, Skeleton Key? Mm, I feel like I have, but I can't remember. I can't remember. Now that I've said it, I can't really remember it either. But I feel like it was, like kind of scary is that the one with one of the blonde ones kate hudson yeah i liked that yeah it was like it had like a twist ending and i was like oh Mm -hmm. what oh my god yeah yeah but it wasn't like great (laughs) oh whatever okay so so they go inside they go inside to this house And the whole place has been ransacked. Like there's clothes everywhere. There's furniture tipped over, books all over the floor, plates Mm -hmm. and bowls smashed up. So they, it just looked ridiculous. They assumed what you would think they assumed. That they got robbed. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. That's the obvious answer. Someone broke in. Yeah. Someone broke in. But nothing was missing? Nothing was missing. Mm-hmm. They didn't have like a big screen TV or anything mm-hmm. though, so it wouldn't like be super obvious. So they had to go through and look for stuff. But maybe there were robbers back then that just broke into places just to like mess things up, and then they'd be like, <laughs> "Let's not take anything," and then people would be like, 
Why did they break in? <laughs> they didn't take anything. Maybe. So you think some random dot, robber dot, dot. broke into their house? <laughs> you know, maybe you'll change your mind. Yeah. Okay. Just, well, just to like freak possibly. them out. We'll, we'll, right. we'll, I, I don't think so. But <laughs> it gets weirder. It gets weirder. So they go. They thought they. They thought that they had interrupted a burglary. So they assume, oh, well, maybe they're like still in the house. Like the people who broke in, the robbers are still in the house, uh, but they're just on the second or the third floor. So they're going to take the next step and take the entire family, including their three-year-old, to go search for the criminals in the house. So like even the baby kids, (laughs) they just all together. Wow. So they don't find anybody. They don't find a person. But what they do find is in the Phelps bedroom, they find Mrs. Phelps' nightgown. And it's laid out neatly on the bed with stockings under it sticking out like feet. And the sleeves crossed over the chest like a body laying in a coffin, like a like a vampire in a coffin. That would freak yeah, me out. Spooky. Not even, like, don't even think, even if you didn't go to the ghost place or haunting place, wouldn't you just assume someone was, like, stalking you and going to murder you all in your sleep? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Dr. Phelps, Reverend Phelps, sends the rest of the family back to church for afternoon services. Go pray. Nice. Go pray. That is the answer. Obviously, but he didn't go back to church. He hid in the home because he thought he was going to ambush the thieves as they came out of their hiding place somewhere in this giant mansion and catch them in the act. Or maybe he had something to do with it. Maybe. Um. But here's what happens. (laughs) So he hid. He hid in the home. He's going to ambush the thieves. He has his little pistol and he's like sitting in like, a linen closet or something and he's just waiting for any kind of sound so he can jump out and be like uh, citizens arrest <laughs> but nothing nothing happens so he does like a mall security guard patrol of the house he starts walking around to all the different rooms when he gets down to the first floor he walks in to like the sitting room or one of these big you know rooms where people usually entertain and he sees this whole group of women and they're all, they seem to be kneeling and praying. And there's this weird figurine hanging from the middle of the room, but they're not moving. So he comes a little closer and he realizes that they're not women at all. They're stuffed dummies that have been put together from the Phelps's clothing. So somebody, without him hearing anything... Wait, so they were physically there? Like, he wasn't just... They were there. Somebody... Somebody... Whoa. Yeah. And there were a bunch of them. It wasn't like it was just one, you know... Stuffed with just clothes? And whatever random crap. Like, but yeah, they were... So their clothing stuffed with... Weird. Whatever. To look like, and they apparently looked so realistic that they fooled him at first and he thought they were actual people and they're sitting there worshiping 
some kind of weird figurine that looks like a weird demon or something. Nice. Okay. That's creepy. So that's pretty creepy. But that is just the beginning. Hmm. That was the first day of like a six month haunting. Hmm. So this is really weird. They feel like it's really weird, but things are fine and they decide they're going to go to bed and everything's going to be okay. But the next day, objects start flying around the house on their own or sometimes weirdly like moving slowly across a room and then setting down gently on the other side. Yeah. I don't think I could live in a place that had that happen. Like, no. Right? Maybe I I yeah. would be out yeah. immediately. I I probably would have been out with the like creepy coven of stuffed dummy witches. Yeah. Worshipping a demon doll. Like I would have been gone because even if you don't think it's supernatural, it's still weird that someone was in your house doing that. Yeah, but it's so weird that like They've been living there for years, a couple of years at least, right? And nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. And then all of a sudden, a haunting, like, I would be doubtful. I'd be like, wait, wait a second. Somebody's fucking with me. What the heck is going on? We'll get there. So these things happen all the time. Weird stuff, other phenomenon. Um, and it seems to be revolving around the two middle children. So the Phelps's daughter, Anna, and their son, Henry, who were young, but not, I think they were like 11 and 13 or something like that. They, so they're young, but they're not too young. They were Mrs. Phelps, who I never found her first name, but her, children from her previous marriage and they have all this horrible stuff happen to them like they get pinched they get slapped like their daughter Anna gets slapped at one point and it's written down like someone noted that a handprint was left on her face Hmm. like so she seemed to get slapped by an invisible force but there was like a handprint um their son Henry has rocks thrown from at him from out of nowhere. At one point, he disappears from the house and they find him tied to a tree. At one point, someone sees sees him flung into the air. It's hard to believe. I don't know. That's it, crazy. It's, it's really hard to believe. <laughs> so um, my favorite, my absolute favorite thing that was documented in the Phelps knockings that they're all sitting around the, the table having dinner or maybe no, it was breakfast. So which makes it even better. They're all sitting around the din- the table having breakfast together and a potato materializes <laughs> from the ceiling and falls down into the middle of the table. Wow. <laughs> well, how do they get this information? It's just so crazy. <laughs> so the, the not so thing was all of this stuff is happening and they're like after like a month or so of this they're calling people in they've got like yeah. reverend phelps has like his other reverend buddies coming in to try and figure things out they invite reporters in like newspapers are reporting on this everywhere in the area you know even like in the other cities in New York and Boston. And I think they were from Philadelphia. And so there were reporters from Philadelphia that were reporting on it. Hmm. It was like huge news. Maybe he was just really bored from being retired and was like, let's do something that would get 
so much publicity. And the kids are in on it too. Um, tell me more. Tell me more. So they start getting these like weird handwritten notes like that materialize just like the potato did. And and these ghosts or demons or spirits are communicating through knocking and rapping all the time. So that's why they call it the Phelps knocking, mm-hmm. because it's there's always knocking on the walls, knocking on the doors, knocking on tables. Yes. It's weird. Um, so finally, they get the spirit to identify itself and by through knocking and raps and this, yeah, basically a seance and they figure out that the ghost is attached to Mrs. Phelps and he claims he introduces himself sort of, he says he was a law clerk and that he had stolen some money from Mrs. Phelps and that's why he was in hell being tortured for his sins and that's why he was there. So Reverend Phelps does some research into his wife's papers. He finds evidence of this fraud, like of amounts of money missing during that time that the spirit apparently was working for her. But what the crap is it doing there? Right. So. Reverend Phelps decides, even though this there's this piece of documentation that might suggest that this is the spirit, that obviously this is really just the work of some demons or devils and that they shouldn't pay attention to any of these communications because they're not they're clearly evil. So instead, they decide they're going to move back to Philadelphia and they're going to leave the home. They don't know if they're going permanently or if they're just going to go for the winter, but they're moving back to Philadelphia for now. So right before they leave, Reverend Phelps gets one last mysterious message fluttering down on a piece of paper. And it says, when are you leaving? And he writes next to it, October 1st. And from that moment on, the haunting stops. From the moment he wrote on the note, October 1st. So maybe that's like what the ghosts wanted. They wanted them mm-hmm. to leave. He says, we're leaving and no more haunting. So to give you the history behind this, okay. the house is built by the sea captain, George Dowell. So it was three stories, huge. Mm-hmm. And the original owner had designed it to look like the interior of a fancy ship. So it had this huge, like narrow but really long front entryway. So 70 feet long, but only 12 feet wide. And that entryway had twin staircases that came up and around to the second floor landing. Like like in the Titanic when she comes down the staircases to dinner or whatever and she's in her fancy dress. You know what I'm talking about? Aww, the Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do know what you're talking about. I'll never let you go. I'll never let you go. But she does let him go. She does. She does. But but she really, but she doesn't. There was room for both of them on that door. I'm just saying. Uh, Moving on. (laughs) But he died at sea before being able to live there full time. So he, that's why it was built like a ship. Because he was a sea captain. And he had a lot of money. And he met meant for it to be a retirement home 
never made it. So there's no real reason that he would be there because he died at sea. You know, he, he has all these other different attachments. Um, the Phelps family lived there for two years with nothing. And they lived kind of on and off. They did, they did split their time between Connecticut and, and Philadelphia, Stratford and Philadelphia. So maybe they were planning on moving there full time and that was the problem, but they weren't there. They were living there for about two years, but on and off, but they didn't have any kind of issues. The night before, and I'm talking like that Saturday before this all started, Reverend Phelps and his friend, this other minister, attempted a seance. Oh, boy. For the first time. So they do this seance. They contact something. In the house? In the house. There is knocking that happens. They kind of communicate, but they sort of chalk it up as a a failed experiment. They don't get anything valuable out of it. So they they move on. This was during a time when like that wouldn't have been weird. Like it would not have been weird in the early 1800s for a reverend to attempt a séance because spiritualism was happening and it was like this huge deal. It wouldn't have been weird that Reverend Phelps was doing this. So do you think that this was the first time he'd done it? Like, it's, I don't know, it's strange that, I don't know, maybe he was just like, oh, hey, I'm retired and I'm kind of bored. Let's do a seance, you know, but uh, it just seems a little weird. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what to tell you, but that's what it said in the story, like, that I was reading and then every article I found on it, everything else backed that up, that that's, they had this seance. He'd never done it before, but they had that the night before all of this happened and that like started it. They invited it all. Yeah. Yeah. While the haunting was happening, a ton of people, wrote articles and stuff about it and they invited lots of people into the house so like the boston transcript the new haven journal the new york sun the bridgeport standard where's bridgeport uh i don't know is that connecticut oh (laughs) (laughs) yeah probably yeah so i don't know okay just kidding so there's all of these sort of articles, like newspaper articles on it. And then there's a book on spiritualism that came out at the time. And the Phelps knockings were mentioned in that book. So it was like really well documented. So after the Phelps left the house for good, after they left the house, there were a few different owners, um, There was a man named Moses Beach who bought it from the Phelps. He was actually the owner of the New York Sun, and they had sold a lot of papers based on this story. So, I mean, I don't know why he would buy the house if he knew it was haunted or believed it. Hmm. His son, Alfred Beach, actually owned the house when he was an adult and he was the editor of scientific American, we're just getting like further and further into like people who are sort of 
skeptical, like journalists are meant to be skeptical and, you know, driven to find the truth. And then this dude who edited Scientific American, he was there and he actually ran a private school out of the house called the Stratford Institute. And during this time, when the Beaches owned it, there was no mention of any kind of haunting or activity or anything like that. But then it became like a a rest home. They call it, it was the Restmore Convalescence Home. So it was like a nursing home uh, in the 1940s. And after that, it was purchased by a medical, like a big hospital company, Alliance Medical Inns. And they had meant to turn it into some kind of a part of the hospital campus, like offices Mm -hmm. or something, but they never did it. So it ended up being abandoned. And it was part of Stratford, this like abandoned building in the 1960s and 70s, like pot smoking teens Mm -hmm. and like vagrants and um, everybody would go and just really over a period of like 10 years people just destroyed it because they this big huge beautiful historic mansion because they there was vandalism everywhere and people would like hang out in there Mm. and they would take things they would like take they would hold seances and then they would take uh what do you call a thing that you get like in an amusement park a souvenir Thank you. Yeah, they would take like souvenirs. <laughs> okay. I guess that's cool. They just sort of destroyed it. I mean, that's not cool, Allie. No, I mean, if, if the there was like, like an abandoned funky place near where you lived and you could sneak in, if you snuck in, you'd probably want to take a little bit of something to be like, hey, I was oh, in there. I totally did that once. Yeah. So it's cool. I mean, no, I didn't take anything because we got caught and they, the <laughs> owners actually almost called the police. Um, and I'm really glad that they didn't because that would be, <laughs> would have really changed the trajectory of my life. Nice. We weren't smoking pot or anything though. I mean, we might've been before, but we weren't smoking pot in the house. So um, anyway, I didn't say that. That didn't happen. <laughs> you can't, the, the, uh, Statute of limitations is long over for breaking and entering, right? Right. There's no proof. Pixar didn't happen. So (laughs) the mansion in 1974 ends up with a fire breaking out in it, and the structure is so damaged that they, they just have to demolish it. So it's gone. It's not there anymore. We can't go and visit. We can't try and communicate with the ghost of law clerks past or whatever the fuck. And that's a real bummer. Yeah, but they never had any any issues with ghosts after what? With that smile. <laughs> Did they have issues with ghosts after the Phelps? So the only thing that came up was... There was nothing while it was the beaches and there was nothing after the Phelps family came back from Philadelphia, although apparently the two middle kids, Henry and Anna, had been sent to boarding school. So eh, I don't know. The two kids that it affected the worst got sent to boarding school and then suddenly they were there for several years with nothing happening. That's something to think about. But hmm. nothing happened while there were the beaches 
uh, or while it was the Stratford Institute. But then when it became the the retirement home, old folks home, what's the right way of saying uh, that? Probably retirement home. Retirement home or like nursing home? Yeah, I don't know what is the best way to say it. I usually say old folks home, but that's probably wrong. It's definitely wrong. Okay. Listeners over the age of 55, please don't be offended. <laughs> we don't know. So um, when it became the nursing home, suddenly things would happen again. Like staff and residents started hearing whispering voices and knocking again. Um, things would like seemed to lurk in the dark corners of rooms, but then there would be nothing there or like heavy doors would open and close again by themselves. Mm. Objects moved around. Things started to happen again. And after the house was abandoned and there was all this vandalism and drug use and whatever and squatting, I'm sure that people had experiences. But I mean, if you're like squatting in an abandoned house in like, the 1960s and you're like smoking the ganj mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, you're going to get paranoid and make up stories. Yeah. Cause you know, you know why you're there. Everybody knows why you're there. Right. Like it's not just cause it's abandoned. It's because it's that house. So the creepiest thing that happened was that in the early 1970s, before it, burned down a police officer was like making the rounds because they're you know they went by and checked it out on a regular basis because there was so much that happened there so they would like kick kids out that were partying and whatever so they go to check it out and they see a girl standing in the window of the house the police officer goes in to investigate and thinks that he's Mm -hmm. just going to kick some teenagers out right but when he sees her he sees her in the hallway he says hey And he has to chase her down the hall because she takes off running. So he chases her down into a room. And this is like on the second or third floor. This isn't on the first floor. It's like up higher. She just vanishes. She's just gone. No like window open. No clear way that she would have gotten out. He chases her into a room and she goes away. This is where the famous people come in. Because the notorious Ed and Lorraine Warren were called. Mm-hmm. You know Ed and Lorraine Warren? I do. <laughs> My mom actually went to one of their workshops. Shut up. Yeah. Are you kidding? No. She would love to talk about it sometime. We'll have to interview her. I think I peed a little. <laughs> that is so exciting. I... Yeah, we have to interview your mom. That's amazing. We should start a Patreon, and I bet people would pay us hundreds of thousands of dollars. Not really, but, like, just to hear that interview with your mom. That's so rad. Really? That's funny. Yes! I would never have imagined. Oh, my God. I can't wait. Okay, we're doing this. So, put put a pin in that. So, Ed and Lorraine Warren come in. Ed and Lorraine Warren come in. Their assessment of the place is that... There's the ghost of Anna Phelps. So wait, this is after it's burned down? Right before it burned down. Right before it burns down. Okay. Yeah. The ghost of so, Anna Phelps. So she Anna had Phelps. died, right? Yeah. She she grew into, like, she had an adult life. Mm-hmm. And their 
sort of story or what I don't want to call it a story, whatever they like their communication with the ghost. They said she had come back to the home that she had loved when she was a kid. And so she was presenting herself there in her child form. Um, so wait, but this, is it was of, this is the kid of Reverend Phelps, not the wife, not the wife, the child, the, the girl, the little girl who um, got slapped and pinched and stuff and had rocks thrown. And nice. So she went back. Yeah. Yeah. So the theories, the various theories that have come up about the haunting are the sinful law clerk, obviously the, I stole your money and now I'm torturing you for some reason. He must've really not liked her. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. That just seems so strange. Here, let me steal your money. And now I'm sent to hell and getting tortured. So I'm going to torture you. Is that what it was? Yeah. Maybe, um, maybe they had an affair. (gasps) So I'm spreading rumors. You are. You're just making stuff up. All right. Uh, One of the theories was that the ghost of the witch Goody Bassett, who was hanged in Stratford in 1651, was to blame. Mm. Uh The witch. The witch. Yeah. And yeah. And then, of course, the last thing was that it was like some kind of devil or demonic force or something like that. Um, So as far as debunking this. I looked it up, and if it's the ghost of Goody Bassett, she is a real-ass real person. She is an actual, real human being who was really hung for witchcraft in 1651 in Stratford, Connecticut. She's There is a Goody Bassett's <laughs> ice cream parlor there. That doesn't surprise me, because you can go to Salem, New Hampshire, and all of the people that were hung for being witch, or hanged for being witches... Um, they all existed, like, oh. yeah. <laughs> hanged. I'm sorry. She was she was <laughs> hanged for witchcraft. Hanged is what I meant. That's what I said. <laughs> hanged. Um. Yeah. Okay. So, yes, yeah. y'all love your witches in New England. <laughs> There's no evidence that I could find of a law clerk, but they didn't really give us much to go on. Every article I read, you know, there were mentions of that theory, but no names or dates or... Do you think that the Phelps family, Reverend Phelps and his family, got any kind of monetary... What am I trying to say? Like, do you think that they got anything out of it? I mean... They were already really wealthy. They were a wealthy family because that's how they could afford to buy this like swank ass mansion in Connecticut. Yeah, I guess so. But but maybe they were like those people that buy a fancy mansion and then they're like in a ton of debt and they have to figure out, oh man, how am I going to get money to pay off all this debt? And it's, oh, I don't know. Maybe we should become famous for having a haunted house and I don't I, I don't know if they would have made any money through all of that publicity but I don't I mean I don't know either but it's so the funny thing about that is obviously like they have two different homes one in Philadelphia and one in Stratford um he had sort of a name already like he was already well-known as a minister mm-hmm. it seems weird yeah. here's here's the theory that i think makes the most sense as far as it not being real 
If you don't believe it's the witch Goody Bassett, <laughs> um, well, it's not. I don't know if it's my theory or not. But <laughs> tell me, tell me your theory. One of the theories is that it was the kids. And the fact that it all stopped when they sent the two middle children away to boarding school mm-hmm. sort of backs that up, right? I don't know how they would have done it. I guess that's the thing is it seems like there was so much happening and there were so many people yeah. that apparently witnessed it that either you're believing that like all of those people were in on it or you're believing or you have to believe that it was real, I guess. But hmm. have you ever heard of the Enfield haunting? No. The Enfield haunting is a very similar story because it's the same kind of thing where there's like stuff that gets thrown around and like weird knocking and shit. But it happened in like the 1970s. And there are recordings of the little girl who was a middle child who was affected by this haunting and she would end up like, she would end up with like scratch marks and she had this thing where she would talk and it would sound like a 50 year old man was talking. And there are recordings of this, but it, it really just seems like she was in a situation where she wasn't getting the attack, like her, her father had taken off and she was the middle child and her mom was struggling and working, you know, a lot. And when the hauntings and stuff happened, suddenly she was getting all this attention and there were more adults around because they had these paranormal investigators who came in mm-hmm. to check it out. She's suddenly getting the like that attention that she craves and I read a thing and I, I meant to look up this book, but a long time ago, like when I was a kid, I read a book about poltergeists and one of the theories in that book, like it, it gave a bunch of stories of poltergeist events that revolved around prepubescent and, and adolescent girls as like, not that it was ghosts that were doing these things, but that the girls themselves, because of their emotional states and like hormones and how whatever the situation was around them had started to manifest Hmm. things well it kind of explains the Salem witch trials and stuff too I mean you could yeah it would be a really good theory that and it's kind of I guess it's kind of that theory of like if you don't if you don't believe in ghosts and you don't believe in like spirits and demons and stuff but you do believe in things like like psychic ability or like telekinesis or you know that that people can do more with their brains than then mm-hmm. I could see like gravitating toward that idea especially because like if I'm like a 13 year old girl and I have this little brother who's 11 and we are the middle children and our beautiful kind mother I don't know if she was beautiful or kind. I'm just making this up. But our beautiful, kind mother marries this like old dude who's like a minister and is like super strict and religious and makes us go to church five times every Sunday. <laughs> like maybe I would start. Get, gets mom pregnant and then now they have a three-year-old that's getting all the attention. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe I would start acting out. You would definitely start acting out, especially you. Definitely oh, definitely <laughs> start acting out. <laughs> Well, I am the baby of the family, so <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I probably would. Mm-hmm. I probably would too. 
my sister who definitely is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, listen. Yeah. Shush. I acted out when you had kids. I was like, what the fuck, Allie? Which is exactly what I said. <laughs> you would have acted out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh. I'm just so the address if you look up the address of the house it's it's like in the middle of a of a neighborhood in between like four houses so i think it would be cool if the people who lived there who live like where the house used to be would like email us (laughs) and tell us if anything weird happens in their houses yeah i wonder if they've ever gotten that kind of phone call or email. Excuse me. I mean, how are we going to get that email? I don't, I mean, fuck. No, we'd have to send them like a traditional letter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Send them like handwritten notes and they're like, dear sir or madam, mm-hmm. we are investigating a paranormal something or another. Yeah, I mean, you could. But that's, would you respond to that if you got that in the world? I would burn that shit. Yeah, I mean, I got, I got a ketchup bottle mailed to me with some random person's name but it was my address and like we threw that ketchup bottle away even though it wasn't opened or anything it was like no I'm not trusting this that really upsets me <laughs> I hate to say it but I pr- my my first instinct probably would not have been to throw it out my first instinct would probably have been like sweet free ketchup <laughs> yeah until you have children and then you're like hey my kids want ketchup with their hot dog and it could be poison yeah all right yes that's yes that's true why would but what that's so weird i know but people are weird so um on a what should our scale be this week on a scale of i don't know should we keep it similar so it was like on a scale of bored to terrifying, terrifying. i think we're somewhere in the middle where it's like Prepubescent, annoying <laughs> kids that need attention. Because <laughs> it just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like it's real to me. You, you seem, yeah. So what is it that you don't think is, I mean, why, why doesn't this one strike you as real? It doesn't strike me as real because it took two years before anything happened. Mm-hmm. But then the seance, maybe the seance started something, Okay. Mm-hmm. But then it's like they do a seance and they figure out that it's this law clerk. And it's like, that's lame. I mean, <laughs> if somebody if somebody were making it up and trying to make it scary, maybe they would be like, oh, well, I think it's some demon or this beautiful woman dressed in black that died. I don't know. <laughs> who, who comes up with law clerk? I don't. I don't. So, I, don't, I, don't I don't know. I, that doesn't make you think. Whoa, what is hovering in front of me? <laughs> that's my life. Um. <laughs> I was like, what the heck is going on over there? Oh my God. Anyway, <laughs> I think, oh, I think it, the fact that like nothing happened. To other people that moved into the house afterwards, I don't know. It seems like it's something where people said, oh, hey, it's haunted, right? And so Mm -hmm. 
a bunch of people are working there when it's a nursing home and they start to tell each other as co-workers, oh yeah, you know, this place is haunted because working in a nursing home is boring as hell. So of course they would say, oh yeah, I heard this or this happened and start to make funky stories. So it just, I don't know, it didn't seem real to me. And then, and then the girl comes back to the house, right? Her childhood home. Yeah, that's weird. But the police officer, so that one kind of, whenever I hear things like about police officers or about um, first responders or something like that, like people who have those types of jobs who are like meant to be observant. When I hear things like that, I think, you know, that person has a reputation to lose by sharing this story. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's true. I don't know. And maybe it was more acceptable in the 1970s to, like, believe in ghosts or to see. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That is strange, that part. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it could be real. But, <sighs> I, but we can't. It's not like we can go there. We could go and sit in the middle of the street where it used to be. Like, it's like smack dab in the middle of the street in this neighborhood. And we could like bring a Ouija board and just hang out there with some candles. Yeah. <laughs> Every time a car comes, we like run like the kids oh, yeah. playing hockey. Get game on. Run back in a put our hands down. No, I guess we're not going to do that. People would probably be mad. If you like walked out of your house and there was someone like in the middle of the street with a Ouija board, what would you do? Uh, in, in my street with a Ouija board? Yeah. Are they like wearing black cloaks and have black hair and like ear no, piercings w- and nose One piercings? of them, they're like middle-aged women and one of them has pink hair, but the <laughs> other one has like short blonde hair and looks like pretty straight edge and like... They both are probably wearing like, like casual, but, um, comfortable clothing. Yeah. I'd probably like sit down next to them and be like, Hey, you want some coffee? (laughs) So this could be a really good way of making friends, honestly, is we should do it. I think we'll do it after we're done Mm -hmm. dropping chocolate and wine off for Melanie Lanyard and a new dress. Which we are totally doing. I don't care if it's happening. We'll have to go to like Goodwill or something because I'm not. I'm not dropping forty dollars on <laughs> on Melanie Lane. <laughs> She'll be like, oh, geez, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, like good wine, like 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 fourteen dollar wine, like not seven dollar wine. Should we like take some sips of it for her to make sure that it's good? Obviously. Yeah. While we're there sitting. Yeah. <laughs> we'll offer some to her. We'll like pour her a glass and then us some glass. And, and you know, when she drinks hers down, we can give her another one. But if she doesn't, you know, she's just nursing we'll it. We'll just yeah, that's fine. It. We'll finish yeah. it off. Yeah. All right. And then we'll make friends with the people who live in Stratford, Connecticut, where the house used to be by sitting outside with a Ouija board. In the middle of the night. I mean, like nine o'clock is the middle of the night for me. So, but like honestly, I don't think I could do that because Ouija boards actually kind of creep me the fuck out. 
Do they? Yeah. I have a Ouija board story to tell you, but I'm not going to tell it to you right now. I should, I should tell you later. See, that's exactly why it freaks me out. Cause you probably have a really creepy Ouija board story and I don't know if I want to hear it. <laughs> Ooh. Well, you don't like have one in your house or anything. Do you? Absolutely not. Yeah. I don't have one in my house. What if it were true and this Reverend Phelps did some kind of seance and opened up some kind of door and, and all of these demons or some poltergeist came in and they were knocking and scratching and doing all of this shit. What if that were real? Mm-hmm. And then two women like us decided we wanted to just, you know, sit down with a wiki board and start a seance. And then I have all of these knockings and scratchings happening in my house. You know, I just, I would like to avoid that. Yeah. But then I don't know, we can be skeptical and be like, well, that would never happen until it does. And then I'm like living the exorcist life where I have people coming to my house being like, the power of Christ compels you. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm puking up. Split pea soup. soup. (laughs) My head is Mm, rotating. That movie scares the poop out of me. Um, Yeah, I, I mean, there's a tiny part of me that would sort of be into that. Probably not for a long period of time, but like right at the beginning, if it was like, we did something weird. Like we went and grabbed a Ouija board or whatever. And we did a seance and it was just like, Oh, whatever. We're goofing around. And then I came home and like, suddenly there was like some kind of weird creepiness happening. (laughs) I would probably for a second, I would be like, Oh, 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 it's really happening. Oh, this is actually happening. And then after that, I would probably be like, we really need to get the wiring checked out because the lights keep flickering, (laughs) which legitimately happens in my house all the time but like yeah it really is the wiring yeah i mean unless it's a ghost well i lived i lived in a house i lived in a house once i just don't want to interrupt no please i lived in a house once um we were renting it and my tv would turn on all the time randomly and i was on like the top bunk on the loft and the tv would turn on and it would be kind of annoying but creepy and I just figured it was like wiring but then I would come home from school and the tv would be on and it would be like a completely different channel right and then I later found out that the landlord's mother had passed away and she had been like hanging out watching tv for the last part of her life and she would just watch tv so, so that creeps me out. <laughs> That's so scary. Yeah. Oh my God. <gasps> yeah. That is so scary. Would you come on come home and it'd be like Judge Judy or it'd be like PBS? It was totally like talk shows. <laughs> yeah, she just loved watching talk shows. But I guess I don't know. It it stopped creeping me out and more annoyed me because it was just like, seriously, lady, go to bed. I can't like okay that's really scary (laughs) it's scary but then it's like oh you know it's a friendly ghost or something but but when they start talking about ghosts that are knocking and scratching and slapping that's 
Yeah, it is. But it's also there's a lot of stuff during that time. I have a few other stories that like we'll get to later in the season, I guess, that are from the same era, the spiritualism era. And there's a lot there. It's a rich period of time. So sometimes I don't know. I want it to be real so badly. You do? I don't know if I want it to be real. I, I mean, no. part of me does, but part of me doesn't. Well, I don't know. It's like, I kind of wish it were real, but only, like, since my sister passed away, it's like, I would love to be able to communicate with her in some right. way. And part of me, part of me thinks that it could happen. Right. And so I, I don't know. That's one reason why I'm holding on to it. And, and I guess it's just kind of interesting. And it, I mean, I think people, a lot of people try believe in these kind of things because they don't want to think that when they die and when people that they love die, they're gone. just gone. Yeah. Just nothing. So they want to try to come up with something that is beyond life. Yeah. I don't know. Who's to say? I think that. Starting this has really, I've been asking people, you know, I've been really open about asking people if they believe in ghosts and if they've ever had any kind of experiences. And so many people, people I would never have expected have told me the creepiest stories or like some beautiful stories or some really like, you know, touching stories or whatever. And it's it's just the amount of evidence that is starting to and it's all anecdotal or whatever but you know people see what they see and they experience what they experience and even the ones that don't know what they experienced you start to think well it's not like all of these people can't be just having hallucinations you know or I don't know, maybe they can. Maybe we all just have hallucinations all the time. I don't know. I think because, I mean, there, I have talked to people about this podcast and they've given me stories and they're not the type of people that I would ever think would just be making stuff up. Right. And so, so when two people tell me that they were in the same room and something happened, like a button got pushed and something started and they were standing across the room, it's like, that's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. But your, your, your instinct isn't that's really real or that is a ghost. Your instinct is that's really weird. Like we just don't know how to explain it. No. And we, we want to debunk it. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Just, oh, maybe it had a spring in it and it just popped, you know? <laughs> no, it's really humid outside. I don't know. Yes. Well, I mean, maybe. So I, I, I see the end of this podcast being one of two things. We either debunk everything and prove the, the <laughs> non-existence of the paranormal. With no proof whatsoever. Or... We find some, but or we find some like super proof, and we are like, this is exactly what the paranormal is, and yes. these things are the real things. Uh, not sure if either will happen, but <laughs> we will continue. Both. Okay. 
All right. Are you, um, before we sign off, we got to remember, subscribe, rate, comments, please review comments. Yeah. I mean, if they're good, um, we are on the more people like rate and review, the higher up we end up on people searching for things. So, and if, if any of you have like a really interesting ghost story and you want to chat with us about it, let us know. You can email us. You can email us at newenglandishaunted at gmail.com. Yes. Is it spelled out New England Send or is it N-E is haunted? Oh, no. It's new. It's spelled out New, new England. England is, is haunted. haunted. New England is haunted at gmail.com. Send us your spooky stories. Um, send us your not spooky stories. Yeah. Send us your ghost stories that turned out to be nothing, because that's funny too. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. That yeah, we would love to hear it. Okay. Well, Allie, don't freak out. New England is haunted. <laughs> <laughs>